Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Big Nose Podcast. We are on season two. This is episode seven. And first of all, I must start off with an apology. If you are listening to this via the usual plat- platforms of Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you get your downloads normally, this will be a little different for you than what you were expecting. Basically, this week on the podcast, I do not have a guest and I am talking about Lent. And one part of Lent this year, I am going to challenge myself to do something different once a week to um, basically challenge myself in a new ways. So what I'm going to do this week is I put together a little bit of an overview of my thoughts in the last 12 months and it's been an exceptionally strange 12 months. But I'm specifically starting off with talking about Lent 2021 and I'm going to go through my thoughts on that in the last 12 months. If you are on camera, which I have recording here, you'll be watching this in a different way to would normally be basically I've written a script this week and it's a kind of a better guide for me so that I don't forget where I am and I'm recording this live in person and I'm not going to be looking all that much at the camera you won't see that obviously on the podcast because you're just going to be listening to my voice but if you're on camera I'm apologizing if I'm not staring you right down the face and I haven't learned this off my heart I only wrote it uh, half an hour ago uh, finished writing it half an hour ago and basically I'm going to be reading it quite closely so you're in for a treat I hope Um, we don't know we're going to find out we're learning as one as I said I've never done anything like this before in terms of the podcast or in terms of what I've done before the podcast is very much not about Pierce it's about the guests that I have on but um, I've been challenging myself this year and this is in brand new way like my first guest Fran Tobin of um Luna sold soul. Uh, she challenged herself um, to do something once a month. That challenged her, and I ticked her box for January. I hope she has a lot of luck. But what I wanted to do is talk about Lent, and today is the first Lent in Sunday. Sorry, the first Sunday in Lent, I should say. And Lent gives a lot of us a structure in our lives. Uh, we all know that we all need to get through January, and when February comes around, we're kind of Kind of excited for the year actually to begin january equates for a lot of people and for me as an analogy giving it to you is a case of it's get back it's like the joy of giving birth we are paying basically the price in january for what we had done in december it's um we have to accept that we've overindulged maybe over christmas and in the run-up to christmas in a normal year where you could get out and meet family and friends and we had so much fun and now in January we're paying the price. It's like, as I said before, it's like you're going through labour in, in January. It's long, it's painful and you swear you'll never do it again. But as we all know, Christmas comes around as the seasons go by and we will do it all over again. But we kind of convince ourselves in January and any woman here would never choose to go through birth again knowing the level of pain and how long it can last. Once it's over, and we are we are new people, like it's grand, January's gone, it's behind us, we convince ourselves we're ready to embrace the year ahead, 
No sooner has February appeared on our calendar than the adverts for um, Valentine's are absolutely everywhere on your phone, on the train, on the billboards, on the television, flowers, chocolates, wine, and if it was a normal year, going out and booking somewhere for dinner. We get really excited, we really get loped up. In fact, we're all just fucking idiots, let's be honest. We've forgotten the pain that we've just gone through in January, and it's going to happen all over again. So, I don't know about women, but as men, we start sussing out the other half. It's a case of, we start off by asking, oh, so, are we doing Valentine's this year? It's a simple question. Um, we ask the question, and we do a dance. We do the dance every year, guys. I don't know why we do it. And I don't know about you, but there's like two answers preloaded in the gun, depending on the answer you get to that question, are we doing it this year? We're ready to fire, depending on what sense we get off ourselves. So it goes like this, I don't know about you guys, but it goes like, Jesus, it's February again, flicking the calendar over. Valentine's just around the corner. Then there's a bit of a pause. You don't say anymore. You just say, Valentine's is around the corner. You pause. You're waiting for her to come up with a couple of answers. So, scenario A, she goes like, oh yeah, what are you getting me this year? To which you respond a surprise, which is a case of yourself buying yourself some time. It's cold for, for fuck's sake. To go out now and then to get something. Was Christmas not good enough for her? Like, in all honesty, our birthday's only around the corner. Could she not do without having Valentine's in February? Like, money's tight. And then just B. She goes, we won't be engaging in this over-commercialized day. We don't need a special day in the calendar to engage in over-the-top affection. That demonstrate the foundation of our relationship is based on materialistic goods. To which, we are fine when you say that. And we fire off the answer, I totally agree, my love. And be under no illusion, women and partners. Be under no illusion. We take this as gospel. So when you turn up on February 14th with a card and a bottle of aftershave for ourselves, we ain't got nothing for you. You told us that we weren't engaging and we didn't engage. So don't come looking for something. We asked. I'm just taking a wee sip for all those on the radio or on the airwaves of a nice scotch I got recently. Funnily enough, as a Valentine's gift. Oh, it's a nice burn. So if truth be told, the highlight of fairy for all of us men is, is, isn't is Valentine's, you'd be surprised to learn. Although we are partial to a good Valentine's night. We men, generally, let's be honest, are always thinking about our stomachs. And look at that, mine's big enough. We'll get into that later. We look towards forward to Pancake Tuesday. Um, this day, for me as a child, was golden. I don't know about you. Uh, it was very simple compared to the, today's. Then again, we lived in Silpener times. Now, Pancake Tuesday can be a day of war in a lot of households these days. It's like the Civil War beginning all over again. When I was growing up, there was one type of pancake my poor mother could make. In fairness, now, no one could mistake her talons for Nigella Lawson's. In her defence, we never went hungry, but... Both, how both my sister and I ended up in a food and beverage career is beyond the two of us. Um, but pancakes, yeah, pancakes. As a child, pancakes, my mother my mother would 
only make them ever once a year so she wasn't really practiced in them so you have to forgive her attempts but on the day you know shortly before on this day shortly before bedtime she would kind of tremble into the kitchen the level of apprehension and kind of smash the ingredients together um, and I don't know about you but I remember you know Pancake Tuesday having a, a certain soundtrack a certain it, it's just there as I think about it even now the soundtrack of Pancake Tuesday was the noise of the smoke alarm sounding in the hallway and if my mother was having a particularly bad attempt at pancakes the smoke alarm on the landing floor upstairs would often chime in too now in fairness the pancake themselves they were the Irish version of a pancake uh, compared to what you would probably get today and only later uh, later on in years did I learn that there was a thing called a pancake that was a little bit thicker and a little bit sweeter but then again my ignorance was bliss I loved my mother's pancakes and in fairness I still do the burnt edges the crispiness the Irish fa famine thinness of them so thin that if that we weren't allowed to actually flip them up because if there was a breeze crawling through the house, which afterwards my mother never closed the windows, if there was a breeze blowing through the house and we flipped the pancake, they were so thin and so light that it was possible that the pancake would get caught in this breeze and fly out the window, window of the kitchen and never be seen again. So I never had that as a child flipping a pancake. The ones that actually did arrive on our plate never lasted too long and, and then even to this day did make them myself or if Neve was making them. They don't last for long. Nowadays, there's always a debate about what toppings to have on pancakes. We never had a choice as young, 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 young fellas and young ones. Um, the notions of putting caramelized banana or chocolate spread, or even the simplest thing of maple syrup, wouldn't be stood for. Those things didn't exist in in the nineties in Kulak. Well, not in my house, anyway. On my bulimic Irish pancakes I would put not dust on or spoon on or spread on but put sugar and lemon lemon juice now before you say anything there is no chance my mother would be picking up fresh lemons in the week before pancake Tuesday while she was doing the big shop for the annual pancake feast we were about to try and enjoy we would have to make use of the ever famous Jif lemon juice. Now, in actual fact, the lemon Jif lemon would never be fresh. It will always be the one that was used last Pancake Tuesday, and it was never used throughout the year. So, the one that we had, maybe we had it for ten years. We were kind of economical about the 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 Jif lemon juice. Of course, Pancake Tuesday would be the time of the year we began to think up what exactly were we going to give up for Lent. Um, as a child it was always a staple to give up sweets this year I think we all agree that there's fuck all left to give up uh, as a child we gave up sweets as I said because Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted it was a lot easier for Jesus back then he didn't have just to eat or deliver I don't think he'd be as successful today for now, for, anyway you can't get away from anybody anymore anyway a bit of peace and quiet even if you want to imagine if Jesus had had been Irish there's no doubt in my mind that he would have bumped into somebody in the desert because it doesn't matter if you go anywhere in the world 
and you're Irish. You'll be bump into somebody you know, or knew as a child, or knew growing up, or you would have known somebody who knew somebody. Um, you know, and if he and if he was Irish, he would have missed the trick, if you ask me. If he'd been Irish, the son of God, he would have foreseen the coming of Saint Patrick, and the and the public holiday, which would have been created, and he would have accepted that Lent broke on St. Patrick's Day and he would have been able to um, get a bit of food and come back in from the desert and you know break his Lenten vows. What I didn't know growing up was Lent lasts longer than 40 days. We're being robbed. Lent actually is 46 days this year. It starts in February and ends in April. And okay we have Patrick's Day to take a break but I thought it was only 40 days. Now in terms of giving up stuff, my fiancé has given up for Lent social media. I myself have given up chocolate. But the whole social media thing to me is fascinating. If Jesus was on Instagram today, I wonder if he'd call those who followed him his followers. Because he probably would have referred to them as his disciples. Disciples sounds so much cooler, I might even start using it myself. Imagine going up to your friend and, and saying to them, uh, Hi Mickey, how you doing? How many disciples do you have on Instagram? It just, just, just sounds so much more fun. Um, they'd look at you if you had 10 nails in fairness. If you went, oh, hey, hey Mickey, how's things? How many disciples? Disciples, I thought of. But what, what followers? They are the followers of the modern world. The modern day disciple. And in fairness, if... If you think of social media, it's a sort of religion. It really is. If religion is something that you put value on through its engagement with it, through its loyalty to it, and through communicating with it, is prayer not just a form of communication through religion? Is it posting not a communication of social media? Is attending mass not a form of loyalty? Is picking up your phone clicking into the app six times an hour not just the same isn't blessing yourself as a cough from one drives by or goes by or saying bless you to someone who sneezed no coronavirus please and engaged and an engagement in religion the same as liking or sharing a post of someone you follow on a pro or a profile i bet the amount of content jesus would have created would have been off the scales Imagine if he had Instagram back then when he was performing all those miracles, the whole water to wine, walking on water, curing lepers. He'd be such an influencer. I'd say he would have had companies inundating with, inundating them with, you know, materials to um, use and endorse. I wonder if he was using a hashtag, hashtag, uh, ad when he was doing this. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He'd be living his best life, hitting the gym seven days a week, with perfect white teeth and a washboard stomach. He wouldn't need the money of the Catholic Church, he'd just have it in his endorsement. Actually, talking about washboard stomachs, I tried that once. But then, see, COVID-19 happened. I actually could tell you exactly what happened. This is kind of a, looking back, uh, it's interesting now. But looking back, um, if you look back, this is when restrictions weren't in place, you see. Like, looking back to the start of 2020, you know, I engaged uh, 
in you know getting wedding suit measured up for you know because I was supposed to get married last year so I went into a tailor professional tailor you know getting measured the tailor was like you're looking at losing any weight this is now in January last year 2020 I thought firstly hang on a minute hang on a minute pal just because you've measured the inside of my leg doesn't mean you were close enough for you to pass comment on my physique but I caught myself I was like I realise this man is a professional tailor. He is merely inquiring whether or not he'll need to make adjustments or take it in or let it out in time for the wedding. So I was like, well, yeah, I, I've overindulged at Christmas, like most. Let's all hold our hands up. Too many beers, too much dessert, and I'm carrying a bit of winter weight. I won't lie, I winter well. I blame all the dark evenings in December and November. So I said to the tailor, maybe a little by the time the wedding comes round in June. It's a new year and it's a new me and I'll be hitting the gym hard. I might invest in a personal trainer who for my life, for the life of me, I have no idea what they do other than shout at you and tell you how bad you're actually doing. I'm sure her good self, the, the, the little lady, will uh, be feeding me rabbit food as often as she does in the months coming up to the wedding. And I might even consider going up giving up the L drink for Lent in 2020. So yeah, I was thinking to myself, in my mind, there's plenty of time before when, and I'm likely to uh, lose a few pancakes and look more like my mother's attempt, look more, look, look more like my mother's pancakes than I do now. Well, that was the plan. Then there was a little issue of the global pandemic setting in, which puts us all in lockdown. And in lockdown, you had a choice to be one of two different people. For those who went on walks two times a day within their five kilometres. And then there was people like me. I don't know about you, but there was people like me who walked too many times to their kitchen fridge. So going from a position where I had overindulged at Christmas and wintered well, I now was faced with a situation like many I had, get, like, like many, I had gained a COVID stone. The wedding went by the wayside. We had to reschedule for April 2021. And lockdown went away in August and we enjoyed ourselves and got out and mingled. But sure, Christmas was coming around the corner and it had been a hard year for everybody. So we needed a well-deserved Christmas of indulgement again. So I had gone from wanting to lose weight after Christmas, after indulging in 2019. Lockdown in 20, early 2020, COVID stopped. Christmas was around the corner, so I put on a bit more weight. So over the Christmas, I enjoyed again more drink, more sweets, and piled on more weight. The problem is, now that we've remained in a lockdown post-Christmas, the wedding has been postponed till August, I found my approach to lockdown 3 to be the exact same as lockdown 1. I've eaten my way through all the pandemic, and if I'm honest, the trousers that I tried on last year probably will not fit me now, so I'm fucked. But I know... I put. <laughs> But I know the solution, what the solution is. And many of you, and many is listening might know the solution as well. I came across the solution while I was on Instagram. My saviour will be, not a personal trainer, not a gym membership. When they open back up. Or not even one of those Zoom online, you know, workouts that everybody's doing on Instagram. No, no, none of that. All I need to lose weight is a dog. Yeah, a little dog or a big dog. Why, you ask? First of all, there's been a definite increase, definite 100% increase 
in the number of disciples I've seen on my social media platforms. The algorithms, I don't understand, but we'll get there. The amount of them on social media with dogs. But like doing a review of all my disciples, the people I follow and my followers, the posts that contain dogs now don't compare to what the level of dogs was last year. It's ridiculous. It's been like as if all the influencers across all social medias had been contacted by their management companies and went, you know what you need? When the weather gets good, you need a dog. It will definitely, definitely help you out in terms of increasing your your your, your followers or your disciples, depending on what it is. So some of the dogs have their own accounts, believe it or not. I can't get over this. Some of the dogs of Irish influence have accounts. And these dogs have more disciples than I have. And I'm a human. So I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to know what. I'm doing on social media and I sometimes feel sorry for the dogs actually I'd love to interview a few of these dogs when the pandemic is all over you know go up to them and say hello I'd love to try and get a document and experience and get their experience of COVID-19 I'd be like you can imagine it now look just think of it you're the dog's lying there and you stick a microphone in and you're asking them you know what's your thoughts and the impact of COVID-19 on a dog's life and they'll be lying there, face down, ears over their eyes. They look, just look up at you and go, fuck off. I've been with this family all of my life. I've been living here with them week in, week out. The three kids have never picked up the lead in the 12 years I've been living here before the pandemic. I'd be lucky if I saw the outside of the back garden three times a year. They brought me to the beach once. I thought that was cruel because they never brought me back. Mom and Dad would only walk me if there had been a bit of screaming and shouting going on in the kitchen a few minutes earlier. Walkies weren't a thing in this house. That's what they'd say. That's what the dogs would say. But I knew there was something up when one of the kids came at me with the lead one day. It was sometime in March when the kids had spent way too much time at home. They never fucking left the house for months. Anyways, your man comes at me with the lead, trying to attach it to my head. Sure, the collar wasn't on, so he pissed off for half an hour trying to locate the collar. So he could attach it to my head. He actually surprised me. He was persistent. He actually came back. And after 20 minutes trying to figure out how the collar works, he had me out the front door for a walk. When we came back, I was shattered. I'm a very old red setter. It doesn't take long to tire me out. And I thought that was fine, grand. Walk done. Another four months. Won't need another walk. I really knew something was up when the youngest came to me on the same afternoon. I said, there's something fucking wrong here. Then she starts sticking her mobile phone in my face. She says to me, let's take a photograph together. It goes on for this for months afterwards. The worst thing happened is all, all about it is it happens rain hail or high water i start seeing other dogs when i'm on walks the amount of dogs increase in every walk we go on i start chatting to them and they're they're all reporting the same they're talking to me we need help we need to stop all this walking we have to form a dog union they said we can't be going for walks five times a day seven days a week just because the humans are fucking bored i'm 12 years old I just want a warm fire 
nice scratch behind the ear and some food in my stomach. Whatever happened to the humans going out, getting drunk and having no interest in them, their dogs. I miss those days. Well, that's what I imagine the dog's review of a pandemic would be like. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to be going out for a drink. Wouldn't we all? But, do you have the same fear as me? This is something I've been thinking about. You know, imagine it if you can. Lockdowns are over. The promised land is nearby. Bars and pubs are opened. And you and the gang roll up to the local for the first time maybe 18 months. The saliva building in your mouth. Thoughts of pints to be consumed. Then it hits you. The fear. Not like the old fear. The new fear. You're out of practice. You haven't had a pint out with the gang in what seems like centuries. There's a real risk your body isn't ready. Your mind is ready, but your body may not be. Everyone around you seems very confident. What have they been doing, doing that you haven't in preparation of this glorious day? You've never even thought about it. You're not even sure if you remember how to order a drink. You freeze. You've forgotten what drinking out with the gang is like. Drinking at home, okay, that's that's fine, but all you've been drinking at home is white wine because the Guinness doesn't taste the same and you agreed that drinking spirits on a weekday is a bad example for the kids watching you. So the barman comes over to you. He looks at you. What do you want? But you don't know. You panic. You slip away for a piss. This gives you time to regroup. By the time you come back, you convince yourself that everyone else would have ordered. And you'll just order the same. A Heineken, a Guinness, whatever it will be. You finish your business. You wash your hands for the regulation 20 seconds. Side yourself up in the mirror. And now you're determined more than ever. You know what you're going to do. So you head back out into the bar. Where all the gang are. You look at them. They're empty handed. And they're suffering with cold sweats. And it's not drink related. They're the same as you. Only one fucker has made one t made things ten times worse. He's asked to see a menu. So now, from going for just pints with the gang, you find yourself sitting down to a table with the where the possibility is now real that you'll order food worth nine euro, maybe chicken wings, but you don't even want them. You've eaten before you come out. You're out of practice now drinking pints with the gang. It's a bad sign. And if things couldn't get worse, when you finish the first pint and the food now that you've ordered is in your stomach, the second pints come and go down much slower. And you start to look around at the faces sitting with you at the table and you realise everyone is just like you. They're yawning. And now the fear, now you fear, the session tradition we Irish have been raised upon as young adults is gone forever and that is what long covid really looks like so guys that's been an insight to my thoughts over the last week or so it's a different approach to the podcast i know i hope 
you thought some of the insights were a little bit funny. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was just kind of a light-hearted look at what's going on inside my head and how I've reviewed the last 12 months in terms of dealing with COVID and looking into the future, of course, when we do get out and have points. And I think there's a distinct possibility that late nights in coppers will not be a thing of the future for a while because one, we won't be allowed and two, we won't be able. We've, we've lost it in terms of the ability to go on this session. Well, maybe I have. Maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know about you, but I think... We'll need a little bit of practice. We'll need a good run at it. We've lots of time to make up for it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's this week's episode of the Big Nose Podcast. I will thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this new approach to the podcast. Normal service will be resumed next week, I promise. We'll have a couple of more guests on over the next few weeks, and then we'll finish at the start of spring uh, or in the middle of spring depending on your choice of um, seasonality um, but yeah thanks again for listening all I'll say to you is the, the, the promised land is not too far away stick with the social distancing we'll be in it till May maybe June we'll get the vaccine into us and we'll hopefully have nice beer garden weather when it comes to maybe middle of summer early autumn and we'll enjoy ourselves then and then we'll look into Christmas at staying on the island all together and having a great old Christmas and Huli and yeah enjoy the re the week ahead and we'll talk to you soon check us out on Spotify I iTunes and Google Music anywhere you get your podcast normally check me out on Instagram and Facebook I'm always active there have a great one mind yourselves bye bye <laughs>